we're drinking a couple of things just for people who, who will be wondering what we're drinking. Uh, uh, we got a whiskey barrel stout from uh, barrel East stout from Boulevard. And then what else you got over there? And then we have uh, the Vortex IPA from Fort George Brewing. Oh, wow. Uh, out of Fort Oregon? Yeah. Someplace, someplace in the West. We got a partner of ours who travels around in the in a uh, airstream and they send us beer every now and then. Astoria, Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. So I need friends yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look that's up. what the beer world's about, man. Look, we, we, we can certainly send you guys some, some Kansas City beer, you know what I'm saying? We'll just send a little care package. Let's do this. Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dyer Oil Graphics, promotional products and design. They cover your brand bumper to bumper with graphic design, promo products, and print. See what Dyer Oil Graphics can build for you at DyerOil.com. That's D-Y-E-R-O-I-L.com. And welcome to Beers with Nigel. It's a show about beer. And other things. And other stuff. stuff. And other stuff. And uh, live from, not even live. <laughs> we got Conzo Brewing in the house. In the house. Live William, to tape. Live to tape. William, what, what, but he's not He's not in his hometown because you guys are out of Atlanta, right? Yes. I'm, sorry, I was trying to get the shirt. But <laughs> uh, right now in Charleston, South Carolina at the Craft Beer Professionals. Uh, winter workshop. So oh. there are a lot of us here from across the country. I um, don't think we have anyone from KC, but uh, Dave Bracey's here from Barrel and Flow. Oh, Marcus Bas- Baskerville is getting in tomorrow. Um, and uh, just several people from all around come and participate in this, what I call an open source learning experience. Oh, wow. So it's just industry professionals who like to share knowledge and wisdom. Right. And I'm absorbing it. I'm running a panel tomorrow. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're right now at a Common House Ale Works, which is a brewery not far from downtown uh, Charleston. So we're having a good time so far. So what? what there's awesome. there's, there's yeah. beer. I love I love that you talk about you know just open source sharing out isn't that what makes the craft beer industry so good is everybody's willing to do that. Um, whether it's marketing, uh, today we had a whole session on quality that looked at you know uh, measuring variations in temperature of the beer in order to make sure there's no diacetyl <laughs> final product. There, there are people here who do all every, every aspect of the beer business is represented here from back of house, front of house, and office. Uh, we got some suppliers here that do hops, uh, brand awareness, accounting, uh, grains you name it. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun event, and it's really uh, Andrew Copland uh, sort of started this several years ago. Um, and as a way 
to just help those, especially the smaller beer companies and smaller beer brands and folks that work with them, uh, to have a space where we can ask questions, not feel stupid, and um, uh, people will give you an honest answer. And sometimes they may let you know your question is, is not as advanced as you think it is, but you get an answer. Yeah. So, What's the panel you're you're running tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, what what was that? What is the panel that you're you're moderating tomorrow? Oh, the one I'm drinking right now. No, the panel tomorrow. Oh, the panel. <laughs> the panel is about expansion. So oh, right up your alley. We're talking. Uh, where we have a panel of uh, companies that can support expansion of production or new locations and all that other, all the aspects of that expansion. So there's an equipment supplier, there's an accounting firm, there are uh, a couple of breweries that have done different types of expansion. So if uh, a beer a brewery or a beer brand's looking at sort of expanding its footprint, whether it's production uh, or uh, you know, a second location. Our goal is to go over the questions you should be asking before you make the decision to do that. Right. And, and the number one thing is, do you got the money to do it? <laughs> you, do, you know, there are other questions. Where is it? You know, there are other, whether it's logistical, uh, marketing, production type, type questions. You know, for one uh, an example was one brewery is being uh, their landlord informed them that their building was sold. Mm -hmm. And so they have to move within the next six months. Wow. So they have a second location that's just a tap room. Uh, but now they need to move their production. So oh, wow. one idea is maybe we go find some cheap land and, you know, different parts of uh, the city uh, or a cheap building and just move our production there and move all our tap room stuff to that other location. Yeah. You, you, you know, they're, they're, they're just questions there when that happens. And we all know of someone that's kind of in that uh, yeah. position of they, they had to move because the rent's too damn high. <laughs> right. So but, but before we get into the, the, the story of Congo Brewing, I'm kind of curious about your history of beer. Um, what do you, do you remember what you were drinking before you discovered craft beer? I, my my story is interesting. I pause a little bit because my first experience was beer, with beer was uh, when I turned 18, where I was living, the drinking age was still 18. Nice. <laughs> so I was able to go and actually buy beer for my friends because I was a little bit on the older side. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, despite the usual suspects that we bought when we were in our, you know, mid to late teens, I found St. Pauli Girl oh. was one of the first sort of non-domestic macro uh, loggers and I thought, dang, this is pretty freaking good. Yeah. I think I should get into this. That's a first call out on the show. They say Polly Girl, hers. 
Nice. And, and it was a one-off because I was like, hey, you know, the label looked kind of cool. And yeah. I'm drinking it. And I'm like, oh, beer can taste taste different than what we normally drink. Uh, and I went to college in Boston. And while I was there was the early days of Sam Adams. Yeah. So, or, you know, Boston Beer Company, Sam Adams. And so I got to go to their original tap room when it was really a tap room. It wasn't a big operation like it is today, but got to try some beer, you know, early in the early eight stages of, you know, it can taste different. It can taste better. Right. And just over the years, I sort of kept exploring, you know, uh, early 90s started drinking some Sierra Nevada and just continuously over the years I mixed it in with my regular uh, alcohol consumption <laughs> I'd go and buy something new uh, and different for me and my peers and would be like this is pretty good yeah so I kept that up for several years uh, early uh, 2000s I was doing some community development work in a neighborhood I, I uh, used to live in, and the idea of a black-owned brewery sort of came up as something that, hey, we've never really explored the idea of African Americans making beer yeah. uh, at a large commercial level. And so I learned of a brewery that was in Oakland at the time called, called Brothers Brewing. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's interesting now because it's hard to find information on them. Huh. But back in the early early days of like 2007 to 2010, you know, they were featured on CNN. There's this whole history about these African American brothers who were engineers out in Silicon Valley who started brewing and created a beer company, and then all of a sudden they just went away. Huh. So I'm always fascinated about well, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Um, and so I sort of, you know, you know, when when that didn't grow any legs, I moved to eventually sort of got into home brewing, yeah. and I found some uh, folks who were attuned to that uh, in my community, and sort of uh, started working from there. What was the, what was the first thing you homebrewed? That's always an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> First thing we homebrewed was, uh, oh gosh, we got one of those Mr. Beer Kits. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Mr. Beer yeah. Kit strikes again. Yes. Uh, I can't, it wasn't an IPA. I think it was just a simple pale ale. Then we did like a brown ale. Then we did a red ale. And then by default, we started getting, what eventually happened was we got interested in this all grain thing. Yeah. So we transitioned from the extracts and the kits to buying our grain. We liked, you know, I always tell people I like the smell of beer. Yeah. Uh, I like the smell of the brewing process. I like um, so many different aspects of it. I yeah, I enjy it. And once we started all grain brewing, is when me, Kevin, and Corby really started getting into the space of like, we really like this. Yeah. Uh, and uh, both my, my business partners, they started down that, uh, you know, they each had their own journey, but we also ended up 
at that same space around 2013 in Kevin's backyard with that little kit going like, well, let's try it. So what, what, how were those first beers? How'd they taste? Were they any good? They weren't bad, <laughs> but they weren't good. So, right. uh, you know, part of my background is education, and I typically tell people about things in the terms of grades. So I was like, <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were pulling a C. <laughs> That's not terrible. You know. Yeah, I mean, you can still graduate. You're fine. We, we, <laughs> hey, we've had presidents that were C students. <laughs> so, or worse. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we were always interested. It's like, well, can we get a B? And we sort of kept at it. Yeah. And eventually felt that over time, we we had the benefit of a of a uh, a close community of Kevin Corby and myself, so we were able to bounce. I it, it wasn't done in isolation. Is part right. of where I was trying to say. Right. So we would just be be able to try things and leverage and listen to each other and go back and do it again or try something different. And we still sort of carry that all the way through to today. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be surprised the through line of, of people who start with a Mr. Beer kit and now they own a brewery. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of people out there who that's where they started. It's crazy. Yeah. When, when, did, when did the conversation go from, yeah, we're, we're doing pretty good on our own. Maybe we should try going pro. Well, one of the things for me was looking at how do we one of one of the things for me was I but I embraced the concept of black people making things again. So despite the Ciroc's and all the other things, we see our names attached to things or our celebrities attached to a variety of different brands and things. Heck, we don't make you know 50 cents in the water <laughs> yeah. you know i mean he didn't do any it was just no. his name on a brand yeah. yeah and you know looking you know growing up in tuskegee alabama you know i used to take my kids to actual cotton fields and let them go out there and go like this is what people wow. had to do wow from sun up to sundown and we used to make clothes from that and we used to you know, take whatever was available for food and turn it into something good. And despite what they say about George Washington brewing beer, we all know the slaves made it for us. <laughs> they do, they work. It's just the it's part of yeah. the reality of the dynamic of the time. Yeah. Is that anything that required labor, right. you know, they had slaves to do. Yeah. Um, uh, and so for us, a huge component of it is going back to that thing of we make things and we make them well and we add our flavor to it, which takes it to another level, right. which eventually other people then come into and uh, uh, embrace sometimes they claim. Uh, well, I was going to go there. Yeah, they, they, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. We, we, don't, we don't claim. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the story of Korean fried chicken. 
Well, they didn't. Part of the reason they started frying chicken was the GIs from the Korean War. Yeah. Black GIs from the Korean War. But no one wants to say that. It's like, oh, well, they, you know what? They just magically started figuring out, hey, I can fry chicken like that. Now, that was, you know, it was our influence that, and then they were able to sort of, you know, put their spin on it, right. which Thank takes it to know. another level. So that's, that's how we approach it is what we see the black brewing diaspora sort of bringing to the table is uh, a broader palette to try and explore things that a lot of folks don't really know they can. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, know, you look at soul food like Amhocks, you know, that was, you know, the discards that were yeah. thrown out yeah. during slavery. We made like really good stuff. With I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, like everything, everything barbecue, right? That the world knows. Yeah. Everything it's, barbecue, everything heavily seasoned, and, yeah. and, and things Collard, like that. Collard greens so, was just the extra. That was just just regular. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. That, that's, it's a hard thing for I think for me and people that look like me to understand that there's more to your story than just yeah we started making beer and we got good enough and we thought we wanted to go pro but like. For you, there's a whole, or it sounds like, tell me if I'm reading this wrong, but it sounds like there's a, that, that story and the history part of it and changing people's minds is just as important as, yeah, we got good at brewing. Yes. And I would, I would fr- frame it a little differently, which is broadening people's minds. Okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, okay. You know, and, and I think you guys appreciate that brewing has been a part of numerous cultures histories for thousands of years so yeah. it isn't a european thing right uh you know throwing bitter weeds into it yeah that's you know whether you look at the elder bitter or not you know you kind of get but you know in egypt they added uh, you know, it was more millet-based and, 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 and stuff like that. And they added things to add a little bit more flavor to make it more palatable. Yeah. Um, so it's a part of most, I would say, I, I can't, I couldn't say universally say all cultures, but it's a part of most cultures. Yeah, and most there's cultures, some yeah. level of brewing uh, that's a part of all of them. And I... The challenge of some of the history of this country is there are things that sometimes are viewed as being exclusively one group or another groups and not yeah. necessarily part of the overall development of the thing. Yeah, because I think every, every... Well, there's a little bit of a history of uh, how we write our history books, right? Yeah. To your point, every culture has, it may not have been beer, but everybody made their own alcohol. Yeah, fermenting wasn't. Yeah, everybody was trying to get lit. <laughs> uh, it was know, also health. That's true. Potable water. Yeah. Uh, the the, the uh, Central and South Americans had chicha, which is the corn. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here, you know, Southern Africa had that. Millet and sorghum. Asia had it with rice. Yeah. You know, we and and, and I always joke. It's like, hey, they set something out for a little while. Yeast happened a couple of days later. They drank and I was like, "Hey, I feel kind of good." That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, like, Wait a minute. Look, My wife's looking good. a little better. My but... husband's looking a little nicer. <laughs> <laughs> well, the original, the, the original wild ale. <laughs> they had festivals of drunkenness. Oh yeah. 
throughout the history of the world and all cultures. So yeah. it's it's, it's uh, something that's kind of been all of ours, but uh, oftentimes it can be co-opted into certain narratives that make it be more exclusive. And for you know the African American community that I sort of grew up in, it was macro, and yeah. we didn't really do that. That's not ours or or you know we don't really have a role in it i've had people who are just shocked that this has gone on <laughs> for as long as you know it's, it's yeah. not a new thing distilling is more new because yeah when you refine it to to extract a whole bunch of alcohol out of it so, but so it's part of that journey so as far as like you and the, the other fellas um was it a consensus to say hey yeah we're kind of on the same page let's go let's go put this beer out in the world did you guys kind of come come to that conclusion together or was there any convincing that that had to happen it was it was a consensus based on feedback from we would have uh keg parties like like college but (laughs) it was all homebrew yeah so our friends would host us in their backyards or at their businesses and things like that so we'd have a ball hanging with those guys uh, and they were like, hey, have you thought about it? And I was like, we've thought about it, but we were fortunate to have some friends around us who helped us get the LLC started and yeah. those business pieces. And so we kind of embarked on a journey. That journey started shortly before COVID, and then we turned it down. Uh, uh, Bring them on. Tell them to come on. They can, they can make an appearance. Oh, I, I will. <laughs> Unless Day walks by. We don't want to see Day. No, if it's Day, you, if you see Day, you tell them to come on over. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, you know, just along those lines, there was, uh, like, even the name Console, like, when we were starting, we didn't yeah. have a name. And we sort of, we, you know, with three different, with three people, we had three different names that we all liked. Yeah, and so we agreed to put it out on Survey Monkey to uh, all the folks who come to our events. That's great. And Conzo was the one that got the most first place votes. Well, since you mentioned Conzo, go ahead and, and, and tell people what what Conzo, uh, what, what's the meaning, where where it comes from. Well, the name Conzo comes from an ancient Egyptian brewer whose name was Conzo Mheb, whose tomb they discovered back in about a decade ago. And Luxor, that was part of an excavation of a noble's tomb in uh, one of the pyramids in Luxor. So they found his tomb, and since then they found other things that have also identified Kanto as being the head of granaries. Uh, and they have actual, uh, not high, hieroglyphics, but paintings of him serving beer to Anubis and Osiris. And, and things like that. So we wanted to do something that highlighted beer's connection to the African continent, yeah. as well as uh, sort of establish a place for brewers from that continent in the conversation around beer. Yeah. So uh, we went with Conso, um, and you know our people picked it, and we've been going forward with that ever since. Uh, 
uh, my, you know, my background is education, so there's typically an educational component. Yes, to I love just it. about everything we do. Yeah. Uh, so, so that is sort of the story of Conso and the name. He's the eye of Horus, and we've had to have talk about what the eye looks like. Yeah. Uh, to make sure people, you know, I've heard evil eye, you know, Illuminati. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's the eye of Horus, and well, who is Horus? And so we now have uh, brewed this IPA that a lot of people have had a chance to uh, taste and stuff uh, that was at uh, Crafting for Action called Haru, which is the comedic name for Horus. So now we're able to sort of connect the eye with, you know, with the, the actual yeah. mythological figure. Of See, this, yeah, this just this just makes our podcast a lot more educational when we get guests well, like you who who have <laughs> an educational background. Well, now it's an educational podcast. It, may, it makes us look good. <laughs> uh, I'm doing the best I can. No, it's, you're doing a great job. Uh, speaking of doing a great job, um, uh, Nick, is it time? Yeah, so we do a thing on the podcast. We have mystery beers, right? So uh, we're gonna play a game. I'm gonna I'm gonna have Nick grab the bag. Wait, you know what it's time for? Oh, it's no, the wrong one. Hit the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right. Just, I don't know what he's doing over here. Hit it. Hit the button. It's mystery beer time. So. All right. So it's mystery beer. Yeah. So see the, see the bag. That's a that bag's from a golf course, as you might imagine. The person who got the bag is not talking, so we're not sure what golf course. So, you know, I just bring beers and we pull them out and we play a game. And you can, you can play along, even though you're not drinking the beer. He'll taste the style and where it's from. And then we, we play a game. We taste it and we, and we play guess the ABV. So, okay. <laughs> so what we got there? Uh, this is from 4x4 Brewing Company. Uh, that is uh, uh, in, somewhere in Missouri. I think it's uh, uh, Springfield. Springfield, Missouri. I'll find that letter. Yeah. Oh, is. Ozeptus. Ozep. It's a, it's a. It's an Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and crack it open. That's a good. That's a good pop. <laughs> like audio is important. Yeah. It's, yeah. You can do it. I, I must say, I appreciate guess the ABV. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, that's good, bro. <laughs> we do we do prices right rules. Close yeah. without going over. Yeah. And you know. Just knowing what an Oktoberfest is, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm just gonna go out on a limb 5.4. Even without even without tasting it, I'm gonna go 5.4. That's Oktoberfest, right? Well, well, taste it first. Let me know how if it's is it more on the malty side, the car caramel, uh, toffee. It's, it's got a little sweetness going on with it's, it. Or it's got it? a little sweetness. It's not super malty. It does have some 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 coffee notes to it. And it's and it's yeah, it's not and it's pretty light. It's not overly malty. It's pretty light as well. I'm gonna go five five just to one up you there. Okay. <laughs> and, is uh, it dry? Uh, is it dry on the tongue? Does it just is, does it just go away after it? You know, after no. it hits the back of your or it, a little it, bit, but not really. No, it it it, it, uh, it dies pretty quick. It doesn't linger. Oh, the flavor does yeah, not linger. Got it, got it. So yeah, well, it's probably a lighter right. DVD. What do you think? <laughs> it's probably around five to five five. I mean, you got to give us an actual. Give us your actual number. There's no range. It's oh. like Craig is right. I said 5'4". It, it, 
if, if it's said, if it's going that clean, it's probably five five. Our actual retail ABV, 5.8%. Oh, 5.8. So if you were, <laughs> if you were here, yeah. you would you would get the rest of the beer, but you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were uh, spring I, I, yeah, I spring travel to Kansas City. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, we got big things happening here coming up in the future, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about we'll that. We'll talk about it closer to the end. So, tell me what you guys are doing out in the market. I know you guys don't have a brick and mortar yet, correct? We do not have a brick and mortar. We're raising money, and but, but you're out in the market, are you? Yes. So uh, when we first started, we did some contract brewing, and so we had some brands that were available retail in the market. Um, since then, we've worked a hybrid model of collab and contract. So we'll do a collaboration beer, uh, especially for events like Barrel and Flow. Yeah. Uh, so that we have a beer local that we don't have to really transport there. Uh, but we keep the recipe. So I have it in my, uh, you know, I have it in my uh, file so we can revisit later. Um, and then we do limited distribution of our own brands in Georgia. Yeah. So we'll do small batch brews of three to four barrels, which is, uh, you know, about 90 gallons or so and 90 to 120 gallons. And, uh, you know, that equates into like uh, 10 six packs or 10 cases yeah. and, and things like that. Um, but we only work with accounts that work with us. Got so it. we don't broadly distribute we do a, have a targeted distribution model until we open to support the people that have supported us along the way right so it isn't that we don't want to be in a whole foods or uh places like that we would love to be at one point but at this current point in time uh we are supporting what i like lovingly call the fam because they've supported us yeah. you know they, they when our beer is on tap they let their customers know they're very engaged with us marketing so they bring uh uh more awareness to us so we create you know we're we, you know we're going to do our best to send people their way yeah and you said you, you started know. in 20 we started in 2018, oh, 2018 okay. uh, with, with a more traditional contract model. But thanks to COVID, we came up with the blended collab contract concept so that we're able to, uh, for, for example, if we do a beer in um, uh, North Carolina, we'll collab with someone and they'll have the beer locally and then we'll purchase some and bring it back to Georgia. So even when we do those collabs, we're able to bring it back to our market. Nice. So our people get to have it too. Nice. So it isn't like, oh, we went to Pittsburgh and we did uh, you know, like the Torchy Brown, uh, the Grzynskia, and you know, smoked all wheat malt bill beer. And we brought, you know, uh, uh, several kegs back to Georgia and our the places that support us get one. Right. And our people get a chance to go have that beer in Georgia. That's awesome. So it seems to work for us where we are now, but ultimately the goal is to have our own location. Yeah. We'll remake some of the beers. We'll invite past collab partners to come and make 
remake it with us and maybe make something new as well. But ultimately, that's the vision. We're very community focused. Uh, Corby, uh, one of, one of my business partners, he is the head of a homeless serving organization in Atlanta, uh, homeless serving non- nonprofit. Um, so community uh, has always been very, very important to us and understanding and appreciating that, you know, we got to take the pe- care of the people who take care of us sometimes right. and not, you know, not find a nice new spot in a nice neighborhood and, <laughs> and go and, and leave, leave our folks behind. We yeah. kind of want to be where they are bring them into the fold and invite all the other folks to come visit us where we are. I, I love that pushing back on the, you know, the old cliche is, you know, business isn't personal, but it is. I, I love pushing back on that. And it's, you know, it is about your community. It is about the people that have been around you and supported you. And I just, I, I just love, you know, I, I, I used to live in Atlanta years ago. I have I have been back since it's been kind of a black beer Mecca, you know what I'm saying? Cause it kind of is. Um, and I love that you're like, no, we're going to, it's going to be for the people that we who have supported us that, you know, because again, it's almost like, it's almost like Vine Street here. There's opportunity yes. to, yeah. to, to, uh, to influence people who know nothing about the craft beer industry, you know? So, you know, good, good on you guys for, you guys have a great, uh, I mean, just the name itself. When when I first met you guys, I think I met you in 2019 at the first yeah. at at Maryland Club. Uh, the artist formerly known as Fresh Fest. Yes, <laughs> you know. And I always loved the name. And then when I found out with the name, and I was like, well, they're they're serious because you know you just don't you know you can go you can go pick a name right, <laughs> but to have a name that has some meaning to it, you know, it kind of reminds me of a uh, 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 what's his name. Uh, Bastet down in Florida. Yeah. Yes, you know, yeah. you, you know that yeah. there's 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 sorry. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a there's a meaning behind how why he named that beer or named that brewery that name. So I love that you guys guys are doing that. Who's who's doing what in the organization? There's three of you guys. How, how's that working? Well, um, I am the one that does this full time. Okay. Relatively speaking. Uh, and I say relatively speaking because I ain't getting paid. <laughs> but uh, I am what I lovingly call the COO. So I do, uh, I brew, I help come up with recipes. We were just on the phone uh, right before the call talking about home brewing this weekend. Kev's like, what do you want to brew? And I was like, oh, I got this new recipe I learned from some folks here today. Let's try it. There you know, you we, we still have fun with it, uh, but I also lend a more business-oriented eye to it of, okay, well, when I look at ingredients, how can I simplify? How can I make it more, you know, margins are thin, especially if you dis- distribute. So, yeah. you know, how can I add that sort of perspective to it so that when we transition it from the backyard to the small uh, brew system and eventually to a large brew system. Yeah. How can we make it work on the, you know, to, to, to be profitable? Um, so I'm very involved on the beer side uh, and coming up with recipes. And we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll hammer it through in a couple of hours, uh, which is, which is fun. I like the engagement. I like, 
you know, the pushback we give each other, which is, well, what about this? Well, I tried this way or, or, or something like that. Uh, we emphasize South African hops, for example, and that's yeah. a literally big push I made, which is, hey, you know, let's, everybody ain't doing it, but they're really good, let's incorporate it. Yeah. I also do all the marketing, so anything on social media, <laughs> that's me. Oh, got it, got uh, it. When they travel, I will take what they to do and add it to the to, to the conversation. But yeah, I, I'm more attuned with that. I got yeah. young kids, so I, you know, uh, I have, well, they're not young; they're in their early twenties. Um, but you know, I have a greater comfort with that stuff. Yeah. Um, Corby's sort of heading up some of the real estate research. Kev handles various aspects of the financial and accounting components. Um, he was a finance major at Morehouse way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so was Corby, by the way. Um, and Corby has a master's in, in public uh, um, uh, urban planning. Sorry. Okay. So um, we kind of use our, we leverage our talents in a variety of ways. Uh, but I, you know, the, the, I sort of took the reins and said, if we're going to get open, someone has to put sort of the time in to make yeah. that happen. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I stepped into that, but part of that was as long as we're still having fun, you know, making sure we're still enjoying it. Along yeah, the way. yeah, yeah. So let's not, we're a little bit older, you know, I'm in my mid fifties. They're in their late fifties, early sixties. And instead of rushing into something, yeah. I basically told people we're, uh, you know, we're the tortoise, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. Not, you know, there's going to be folks that got there and wait yeah. for us at the finish line, but we still going to get to that finish yeah. line and let's stay true to us instead of, you know, getting caught up in, in what everybody else is doing. And, you know, we work our magic the way we work our magic. It, you know, you know good, it's funny. Good, good you know, bad There ain't know, nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with hitting that home run in your, in your later years. But, right? you know, it's, you know, it's funny. Uh, Funky Town is a younger version of y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those, those three brothers, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's, the same, it's the same story, bro. It's, it's just a different city and they're younger. It's, they're, that's, they're, that's, they're, a, that's the trip. They're just 20 years younger. I mean, they, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, when those guys were getting started, we talked with them. And, and you know, I was sharing a little bit about the conference I'm at right now. Uh, and I think you guys, and, and, you know, uh, encountered us as, as often as you have. We, uh, we, we just share, man. I'm like, yeah. ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're able to make it rock and happen, I'm more than happy for you. Yeah. Uh, this ain't about us winning a race. No. It's about all of us getting to the finish line. Yeah. And we're all going to get there at different times. Um, um, but one day we're all going to be on that other side of the line. I talked to my boys over at uh, War Cloud out of uh, California. <laughs> we, we talk about that all the time. <laughs> And, and, you know, and, and another aspect was, you know, we started looking more at just buying a place just because we see a lot of other established breweries having to move or yeah. having to close or yeah. because the rent's too damn high, too you damn know, high. Uh, the, the classic line. 
but our maturity allows us to sit, have a uh, level patience. of patience with that. Yeah, patience. Yeah. So that you know we're not you know we we're not rushing into a lease and then trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do when we get it. Right now we're methodically moving towards a building yeah, uh, right. that we will purchase and then we will methodically move forward to develop it yeah. into the space we want it to be. What, uh, what part of town, what part of Atlanta you guys looking? Do you have a, you have a, a place you want to be? Uh, uh, for us, we want to be on the south side of Atlanta, basically between downtown and the airport. Okay. So West End, uh, Dare Park, Sylvan Hills, College yeah. Park, yeah, East yeah, yeah. Point, Apeville, Cascade, those areas yeah. because there's not there are no breweries there. Nothing. So not, yeah, you know, opportunity. And, and it's not like the incomes there can't support it. Right. Uh, but these are really <laughs> deeply in these are community communities. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. So, so uh, if you're faking the funk, you know, they're gonna <laughs> let you know. Yeah, uh, I, sp I spent I spent many many a night in College Park. <laughs> <laughs> Can't yes. make it with these people, you know. Yeah, no, you cannot. Um, um, so, uh, you know, and we've had the opportunity to sort of listen and learn from a lot of folks who've been down that path anyway. So, yeah, we're enjoying that piece of the journey. Yeah. What 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 uh, what beers are you guys brewing and putting out there? What what styles? Well. We are sort of refining some of our older recipes to gear it up for larger scale production. So we had a uh, beer called Joyland, uh, which is named after uh, African-American amusement park built after the World's Fair came to Atlanta because we couldn't go to the World's Fair. They built uh, wow. a park across the street <laughs> Wow! go to, but it became so fun. The white folks started showing up over there, <laughs> and eventually it got torn down. Uh, but there's a neighborhood called Joyland, so that's it's a cream style ale, so it's uh, light, easy drinking, around 4.9 percent. Uh, it's it's just fun beer. Yeah, it's Joyland. Uh, we have Peachtree because we got all them damn Peachtree streets. <laughs> that's and the we northwest, were southwest, that yeah, all them. Yeah. We're refining the Haru, which is our IPA. We have the Ra, which is a triple, uh, similar to Golden Monkey and uh, Boulevard Triple, uh, along those lines. Uh, we have a couple of IPAs. Uh, we have West End is a, is a oatmeal raisin stout. Oh yeah. So that's yo. Know, we we. I will I will brew it around three times before I go like, hey, this is this is what we're going for. Yeah. So Haru's popped off recently. In the summer, uh, we were at a biking event, and the bikers, the and when I say biking, I mean cycling. Yeah. Uh, so there's the Metro Atlanta Cycling Club, and so we were at one of their events with a stout in the summer, but it nice. was the, a more traditional stout of around five. Yeah, percent a little bit more than five percent. Further proof they is all this stout season. <laughs> you know, it's it's it, it really is because stout. You know, the you know, but part of educating people is letting them know. Yeah. You know, Guinness isn't that heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, we've, had thicker, we've had thicker. Yeah, I've had a thicker stout yesterday. <laughs> so, what what which ones kind of out, out that you guys have done that have been really like taken? Like people are like, oh, I want that. I want that. <laughs> one of one of the most recent ones we did with uh, Mike Potter up at Proximity Brewing for Blacktoberfest was a uh, Belgian triple. Well, no, wait, sorry, a Belgian IPA. We okay. call it Culture Shop. <laughs> and I, I had to go to battle to, to get it brewed, uh, primarily because the brewery we worked with at the time wasn't very familiar with doing a beer like that. Yeah. It's, it's just a Belgian, Belgian strong yeast, yeah. or a Belgian double yeah. that's hot. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. At 70 IBUs. Yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of a mindfuck. <laughs> but, but, but it's not that far from what you can and can't do with uh, beer. But I think you just so, don't see it a lot. Well, what I had to explain it to him was the, the, the last great Belgian IPA was a beer from Green Flash. Oh, yeah. Spring. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I said, I, that was an awesome beer, but Green Flash went through what green flash went through yeah and that and and that sort of died down it came into it came in like a uh 22 ounce bottle yeah and uh it it was it was really and this one came out very very close we had people from sweetwater and other places say like dang you know I get what I get, I get it now. Yeah, so it was one great. of those beers that people were like, "What?" And then they tried it. I was like, you know, you can. Uh, part of how we approach it is like, uh, you know, they're style guidelines. They're not hard rules. They're they're guidelines. Right? Now you can beer, brew a beer to a, the style guidelines, but ultimately at the end of the day. They're not hard, fast rules. It's right. jazz. It's it's yeah, African yeah, American yeah. soul food. All you know, if we mac and cheese, hell, if you've seen High Dog, <laughs> you learn. Freaking Hercules, the freaking slave that was cooking for you know George Washington, they sent him to Paris, to France to learn how to make it better. <laughs> And he made it so good, but then they wouldn't give him his freedom, and he left. <laughs> <laughs> I was the back and see. Fucking ended up in, Pen you know, Pennsylvania. You know, he ended up in Philadelphia. You know, he kept he kept trying to find him because he made such good food. Yeah, I that's one of the best. Back. That's I'm one of the best doc series out there. I, freedom, I love man, that series. Him. <laughs> but, you know, you think of the simple crazy things of like. We want him back because he does cook such good food. I was like, well, freedom, man, and fucking pay him. <laughs> No, uh, we yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's time for another mystery beer. Is it time? Yeah, it's time for another mystery beer. And and I also want to let you know, I I don't know how good my battery is, so I don't want to accidentally. Well, you know, say we'll, we'll, it's all good. We'll uh, we'll wrap some things here. We'll wrap it. We'll wrap it in like ten minutes. How about that? While he's while he's cracking that open, you you said you like the education of things. Yeah. So what are what is it that you really want to pass on? What do you really want to teach people about brewing, about beer, and culture? I, I want people to see that beer connects us all through the stories and history and connections we have. 
it's one of the constants throughout history that so many cultures have, regardless of what the ingredients we use to make it. You know, people have always come together around a beverage that they've been able to make in their homes and share with their family and their friends. And all of us, all regardless of the hue, you know, shape, height, all those other things, all of our cultures have something like that. And we can all still come together around it. You know? So that's what we like people to learn. And we add these subtle stories to make sure that at least from our perspective, the African diaspora and the African-American diaspora is, is not excluded from that just because they don't know or we don't know that the role we had as being a part of that. And, and that's because it's of easy the, of to the, go down the road yeah. and, and say, well, I just thought it was, you know, uh, this a, this a white thing or this, or this is the group that does that. And I'm like, ah, no, everybody does it. You know, and I when think you, when, you, when you deal with us, you gotta. <laughs> we have a Mexican. We have a Mexican, two Mexican lagers, and a Mexican stout, and it deals with Afro, uh, Afro Mexicans. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's a thing as well. That's a thing as well. You know. What I'm oh saying? yeah, right. Uh, the so, Seminoles, the Afro Seminoles, who came over during uh, the Trail of Tears to Inyanga and his group. That ended up in Central America to farm sugarcane and all that other stuff as part of the transatlantic slave trade. Yep. Yeah, there's stories all over the world, and it's just another way to add our, put our story into the mix. You know, and that, that's really that's all we do on this podcast. We tell the stories because yeah, beer is the through line, but there's so many, so many exits off of that through line to tell stories. And whether it be, you know, learning about, you know, Conzo Brewing or, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> people, yeah. people just shout you out, tell them to come on over. <laughs> so uh, this beer I have is called Frickin' Hazer Beams. It's a hazy pale ale from Rough Tail, brewing out of Oklahoma oh, yeah. City. I can't read the ABB, but I mean, it's, uh, it's fruity. Oh, he didn't. He didn't mute himself. Let's wrap it. Let me get back. It's fine. You can include anybody. <laughs> this one. Tell them to come on over and say, give us a wave. Tell them to come over and give us a wave, man. You got guests. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Look, unmute yourself. <laughs> I'm like, this is an interactive podcast. Yeah. Can We're you? Not read, serious. Can you read ABB on that? Let me try. So I can. I can. I don't. Yeah. I could not find it. I feel like we've had this problem with Rough Tail before. It's probably on this somewhere. This is our first uh, guest that's not been really good. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, unmute yourself there, uh, William. <laughs> Everybody wave. Unmute yourself. We can't hear you. There we go. Can you unmute him? No. Oh, yes, I just unmuted. Yeah, you had us muted. You, it's fine. We don't mind. We don't mind the. We don't mind the background. We don't, we don't mind the background. 
Well, you know, I, I like I like what you said there about, about kind of telling those those stories because I feel like you know as the as the, the, the token white guy that's shown up for a few of the the barrel and flows, right? <laughs> what I what I love though is that the I think that these are a lot of stories that that haven't been in the history books, right? So these are stories that a lot of people don't know. Yes. That's you know part of part of what we do is you know, add it to the record, make sure it's present and, uh, you know, and not do it in a preachy way, but yeah. more or less that I, I typically do it as very matter of fact. It's like, yeah, that's what happened. Yes. There was an ancient Egyptian brewer yeah, yes. well before Pliny the Elder yes. and people went and learned from him. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was, you know, and, and when they found a huge sort of brewery type, uh, area in Egypt. I was like, yeah, they did that. <laughs> what a surprise, right? But 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 don't oh, don't treat it like you know. Wow, how did they do that? Yeah, come on, it was, it was a thing. You know, um, we were well, we, we we've always been a part of the conversation, uh, and it it just part of our approach is to make sure that the conversation recognizes is aware of our presence. Yeah, yeah. But before we, we before we let you go, we have to ask the question: What what does barrel and flow mean to to Congo Girls? It it is one of those things. This <laughs> actually came up to, to today, uh, and I was talking with Dave about it as well. Uh, and and uh, Aubrey's here from Kraken. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> oh, damn. My, does he have a bottle of Hennessy? Aubrey. Oh, he's here? Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get, yeah, tell me, come on. <laughs> Why? Yeah, he, he thinks I want to have him buy me a beer. No. Yeah, but well, you do. You tell him you do. <laughs> you can always he go get it. He literally looked right at me. But it's, uh, one of, it's one of the events. I'm on with Nigel. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> The Henny Ninja. The Henny Ninja. What up, man? <laughs> what's up? He's saying what's up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing the podcast. What's up, man? Yeah, that is Nick, yes. <laughs> what's up, man? Oh, He's saying what's up, Nate? Yeah, we, yeah, we can, we can kind of hear him. <laughs> we just wanted to shout you out, homie. I'm going to show Will the video from... Uh oh! Oh, he's gonna show me the, the what, video. I mean, what what flow. what video? Is there a bad video? When Nigel was in the back of the truck. What Nigel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it yes. is. I, I got I yes. got into a safer car. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I, I would I would not be mad if you posted it. You <laughs> would not be mad if you posted it. <laughs> I, I might buy a round if you posted. it. <laughs> All right, boy. <laughs> Oh, we love Aubrey. Yeah. So, and that kind of sums it up. Barrel and flow is the place. It's just like this year when I was there, one of my, I was sitting outside, you know, when they did the bottle share that first night. Yeah. Uh, before the event, I'm sitting outside. I can't remember. Someone can't walk up or go. And I'm sitting on like a, that, that thing outside and I'm just smiling. And someone goes like, what the fuck are you smiling for? I was like, <laughs> I'm just happy to see us all here. Yes. You know, regardless of whatever 
life has thrown at us. It is this. It's a family reunion it type really event. Yes. For, you know, black folks involved in beer and brewing, the African-American diaspora as a whole in arts, beer and brewing. And that's what it means to us. I, 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 I can say this in confidence, speaking for Corby and Kevin as well. We, you know, when we come, it's a family reunion. I get to chop, chop it up with uh, War Cloud. I get yeah. to chop it up with Vine Street, yeah. with Funky, with Black Frog. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's probably going to evolve into more of an East Coast, Midwest, East Coast type thing. Uh, because uh, the OP Fest out in California is probably going to pull more from that region a little bit. Uh, as things go forward. But yeah, it's like a family reunion. And when we all see each other, I was just smiling because people are doing well yeah. with whatever aspects of their life they need to do well in. Uh, and it, it's it's pleasing to see. You guys know when I see y'all, I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. it's, uh, 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 it, it, it's, it's it is a, a wonderful way to reconnect with people who... Uh, I personally want to see do well yeah. and be successful in whatever endeavors they have in front of them. And it's our once in a, you know, it's our annual opportunity yeah. to really do that. Yeah. And I love too that you can connect with people once a year there and you just pick up right where you left off. <laughs> it literally is. <laughs> so, and, and, and I, and I think it helps. It's, 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 you know, for a traditional black family reunion, it's like every other year, but that's where everybody comes. Yeah. It's the, it's the, the hard check-in. Yeah. And then people go and, and do their thing for another two years, and then you go meet in another city, and you all come together. And, uh, you know, that's something we've done since post, uh, post-emancipation. You know, yeah. it's a way to to find our, our relative relations yeah. and connections. Yeah. And yeah. that's what Barrel and Flow has evolved into. I don't, you know, Jay's not too far away, but it's not necessarily how uh, it started. And for many people, it's different things. Yeah. But that's what it is, I can say, with confidence for Conso and, uh, you know, and Corby, Kevin, and myself is, yeah, we, we enjoy it. He knows I'm already planning a beer for next year. Uh, <laughs> we're looking at working with Referend Blendery on creating a uh, hibiscus uh, passion fruit lambic. So we're yeah. bringing the fire. I want to fuck with Kumba and them going like, all right, here's what we do. What you do? <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So uh, uh, I was told day to day, he's like, so, you know, I'm ready for it all already. Yeah, so, I've heard, heard, planning heard. for it, and it's yes. become that type of event for us. Yes. And we're excited about it. We're looking forward to showing off a little bit and as well as uh, seeing what everybody else is doing and being happy that we're, we we all have an opportunity to come back together again. Yeah, well, before, before we let you go, we're going to let you know in the spring we're doing an event at Vine Street. We're going to do a screening of one pint at a time. Okay, um, got it. So uh, yeah. we'll get you the information. So we'd love for you guys to come to Kansas City. Um, you know, we're going to try and get Day and 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 uh, Al Sharpton and 
Who else? Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton. Yeah. Now, if Al will come, that'd be great. We'll, too. we'll take Al too. But <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, you know, Aaron and Brigitte are gonna yeah. come out. Yeah, we're gonna do a whole thing at Vine Street. We're, we're, we're gonna steal a page out of out of barrel as a barrel of folk, uh, playbook. We're, we're gonna, gonna have a bottle share. We're gonna do a bottle share Friday night before. So yeah, and a, and, a, and a live podcast. So we you know we just copying what they do. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So so tell people where they can find Cosmo Brewing on on the social media. Well, in Atlanta, you can frequently find us at Red's Beer Garden, okay. which is in the Grand Park neighborhood. Oh, shit, uh, yeah. Beer Girl, which is in Hateville, which is a city just next to the airport. Yeah. Uh, Grand Park Market, which is over near Oakland Cemetery, over in uh, south of downtown Atlanta. Uh, there's uh, We're at uh, typically at... Um, uh, uh, oh, brick store. Whenever we have, especially when we do something like the Belgian, uh, the Belgian IPA, uh, and things like that. So, follow us on social media at Instagram. We're at contobrewing.com, as well as on Facebook. We let people know where it's going to be. Heard. Oh, oh. I, I think we just lost it. You think you think you lost it? He, he told us the battery. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I mean, how's that going to work on the upload? Well, you know what? I'm just going to do the one video. This one. It'll okay. be fine. Okay. Hey, hey uh, you know, since he throws out, Nigel. Where do they find us? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Google Podcasts, Spotify, or most any of your favorite podcast apps. And I think we're on the socials, too. Is it weird that we say where they, where they can find us, but if they're listening, they found us? That is weird. <laughs> Welcome to the Matrix. <laughs> I took the wrong pill. What episode is this? This is well. Is this one hundred five, six, one hundred four, one hundred five. You're kind of behind. He gone. He gone. He gone. I kind of like the new setup though. This is kind of cool. Uh, Nigel, socials. Where are we? Uh, uh, the Facebooks, the Grams, the uh, uh, the Twitter. I'm not calling it X. Uh, <laughs> all the podcast 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 flavors. Um, YouTube, YouTube podcasts. I mean, if you just Google beers with Nigel, it's, it's a vibe. You're gonna find it. It's, it's a vibe. That's podcasting case. Oh, that's right. Uh, for those who don't know out there in the world, uh, the, uh, Pitch KC, best local podcast 2023. So we're gonna ride this way for at least a year. At least a year. <laughs> we'll probably win next year. I think. Why not? I mean, why not? I mean, you know, with, with our marketing team. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, (laughs) goodbye. Good night. You've been listening to Beers with Nigel, a show about beer and other stuff. Hosted by Nigel Woodbury and that other guy, Nick Parker. Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dire Oil Graphics, providing bumper-to-bumper graphic design, promo products, and print services. Find them at direoil.com. Beers with Nigel is a proud member of the Fredcast Network and is available on all of your favorite podcast flavors. Find Beers with Nigel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and ask Alexa to play the Beers with Nigel podcast.